0: Going on, everybody. Welcome to episode five of the Diamond Edition. I'm your host Anthony Palolo, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-host Chris Brox. Brox, haven't been on one of these in a like a little more than a week. I'm excited to catch up on some baseball stuff. A lot to cover today.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely a a long week for myself and Francisco Lindor. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, listen, we'll definitely get into Francisco Lindor. We'll get into another guy who's making a handsome amount of money living in New York. But uh, I think I think he's seen the ball a little bit better than Francisco Lindor. Just a
1: little better. But, uh, so am I. I think I am, too.
0: <laughs> we'll, show, we'll show a little love to guys who maybe don't really get it. But, I mean, after his performance yesterday, we're recording on Thursday night. Uh, John Means throws a no-hitter against the Seattle Mariners. And he faced the minimum, too. I mean, it's got to be one of the all-time... Best feelings to throw a no hitter, but like it's got to feel a little sour knowing that the way that the guy reached base is on a drop third strike. Like that is kind of tough.
1: Yeah, no, you see that happen all the time. Um, It's tough, but I feel like either way you'll take it. Means Means had a nasty changeup yesterday. I was watching a little bit of it. He had a really good changeup going to really fool the Mariners.
0: Listen, 12 strikeouts, first Orioles no hitter in. 30 years, I think it's, like, the first, like, complete, game. like, one pitcher, actually. Like, that was, like, a combined no-hitter, too. Like, since Jim Palmer and, like, I think I want to say, like, 19 or, like, 52 years ago or something like that. But, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, John Means pretty underrated, man. I mean, he made an all-star game in 2019. I know it's, like, every team has to have a representative. So, like, maybe that's why he – I mean, that's probably definitely why he made it. But, like, John Means is quietly, like – he's a good – he's a solid young pitcher in baseball. I don't think not enough people knew him. On a national scale, I know, obviously, with the Yankees play the Orioles are a bunch. So, you know what I mean? Like I know of John Means and stuff. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy at least this will get get him some national recognition. Because, yeah, he is a good pitcher. He's got good stuff. He yeah, has changed him real good.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Means had a really good 2019. I mean, a decent one. I would say it was great. And then 2020 took a step, uh, step back. Excuse me. So, it's good to see him establish himself again. And uh, it's nice to have the Orioles have, like, a, a star. I mean, honestly, they're having a... Good start of the year, him, Cedric Mullins. So it's good to see the Orioles on the map a little bit this year.
0: Yeah, he was even saying that he was like, I saw Orioles their Twitter account too, like posted something about how like yeah. they said they had a zero point zero chance of making the playoffs this year. A little disrespectful, but yeah, they, they got a couple of good ball players. Obviously, Trey Mancini's back this year. Yeah, Cedric Mullins, all he does is hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Santander Santander's hurt, right? Or Santander, however you pronounce his name. I don't. I Mike, think he's Michael. Hurt. So weird. But yeah, I feel like I haven't seen him play in like a couple of weeks. Must be hurt. But, yeah, no, the Orioles, they got a couple – Mikel Mikel Frank, oh, my goodness. Their third baseman baseman—he's a good ball player over there. Uh, Freddie Galvis is uh, over there. Oh, boy. The Island of Misfit Toys. Jesus, man. But uh, who knows? Listen, they're a couple years away, the Orioles. But it's, like I said, good for them, at least on a national scale, to get recognized because that's not going to happen after the Orioles. Like, the Orioles aren't going to go play – a Sunday night baseball game. The Orioles aren't even going to go play at the Tuesday night game on ESPN. They just will get no love from the national audience. But listen, you throw a no hitter, you're going to get that. But uh, now I kind of mentioned it a little earlier. But do you think that that is the absolute worst way to lose a no hitter? Then, like being the, being the drop third strike. Like, would you rather have an error, the drop third, sh- or the drop third strike?
1: You mean lose a perfect game?
0: Lose the perfect game. You lose the perfect game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Right. No. Yeah. Um. Uh, I would say, like, at least, like, hitting a batter. I I think it's close. I think hitting a batter, though. Because at least, like, a sh- mm, actually, you know what? Thinking about it, yeah, that's right. Because hitting a batter, like, you know what? You're wild. But this, you got the guy to strike out, and he's still gone base. Yeah. And I I, would, I would agree with you on that one.
0: And hit, hitting a batter is, like, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, a pitch could just get away from you. Yeah. But, like, this one, like... You were still in like such control. I think the honesty, the the, wor- the only way that could be worse is a catcher's interference. I think that's it. Oh, and I, you know, like, that would be so tough. I don't think that's ever – I don't, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if that's ever happened before. There's been so many no-hitters. But that would be brutal. If it was a no-hitter, not a perfect game, only because of a, what call it, of a uh, catcher's interference. Yeah, that would be tough. But good for John Means. Good for the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, enough, enough, enough talking about them. Let's talk about uh, hmm. one of your teams, Brox, the New York Mets. They had a pretty exciting series this past weekend now, this is. And, I mean, yeah, take it away with your boy Dom Smith and Jose Alvarado. They were, they were getting into it a little bit.
1: Yeah, so uh, it stems back from a few weeks ago when Alvarado threw a few, like, wild pitches, like, right by Conforto's head. And Smith was bargaining from the dugout. And then was it Friday night? Um, Alvarado struck out Smith. Smith walks off, and Alvarado just was chirping him. And then Smith had enough of it, and just went after him. Nothing happened. No, no punches, but uh, almost a almost a full out brawl. Um, a little bit of, I mean, obviously I'm going to be on dumb Smith's side, but it was a little bit. I can't get the word out of my mouth. Um, <clears throat> a little soft from Alvarado I would say, because he was like chirping Smith after he struck him out. And you struck him out, walked to your dugout. Who cares? And then uh, got him suspended for what? I think three games. Got knocked down to two. Yeah, got knocked down to two.
0: Really? Suspended Alvarado.
1: Yeah, three games, and they appealed it for two. Then he ended up appealing it so he can still pitch in the series against the Mets, and then he ended up blowing the game on Sunday night. So I guess a little karma there for Alvarado.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely mention something about that, what happened with the Yankees and a little karma. But yeah, Alvarado is like. That's like not a guy who you want to see up and in, man, because he throws like a 99 mile an hour two seamer that just moves. Like, oh man, that's a guy who like you step into the box when he's like wild, you're you're probably as a hitter you're scared to where the ball can go. I'm sure when he ran it up and down, Conforte wasn't too happy. But yeah, I don't know why he was really like insinuating it. I think definitely he was like the instigator there, but I don't know. I don't know. I really don't think you want to fight a guy like Dom Smith. Like Dom Smith, he's th- he's thinned up a little bit, but I mean. We talked about this is like a couple of weeks back now about our benches clearing brawls and who we want on our side. I definitely want Dom Smith on my side and a benches clearing brawl. But listen, nobody was harmed. None of those guys. I, I bet you, Um, I wonder who would want to like, bash Harper's head in on the Mets. I feel like the Mets don't have anybody that's like comes off as like that bad of a guy. You know what I mean? You know, they don't got like,
1: yeah, no, like that. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would, the one guy that I would think actually with Miguel Castro, because he got into it with the Hoskins, like the next inning, so maybe Castro, but I don't really see anyone else in the Mets being like that. Type Miguel,
0: of thing. Cas- Miguel Castro, what is Miguel Castro, 150 pounds soaking wet?
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But uh, listen, that wasn't the end of the excitement in this series. I mean, you kind of mentioned Sunday night, uh, Alvarado blew the game, and Hoskins made a couple bonehead plays in the field. And mm-hmm. the Mets, you know the Mets just can't win a game Without drama, and Hoskins hits that ball. I think it was eight. Yeah, it was eight five at the time, like second and third. Mm. And he hits the ball at the top of the railing, and the ball clearly seems like it's out. I mean, that has got to be one a tough feeling for Reese Hoskins, and two, I mean, Citizens Bank Ballpark. What is that metal? Like, what is that like top railing on top of the fence? That has got got to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen.
1: Dude, I don't know why any ballpark would have that extra railing above, like, a 10-foot wall, but I'm glad they do, because that's the reason the Mets won that game, so I do not care.
0: And even, like, like, that's got to suck for, like, we've been talking about replay, like, at least replay got it right this time, but hey, m- maybe I'm a little biased, because I'm, I'm not really a Mets guy, but I wouldn't have mind if replay got that one wrong.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I was watching replay, and I could not tell what it hit at first, and then took probably. like, eight times for espn to show it to me like to actually see like it nicked like the absolute top of the fence but yeah no thank god they got it right and and even diaz had to play his stupid song and they come in and give me a heart attack so that was some sort of adventure man
0: i did see though diaz was like a little uh, like shaken up apparently though he said he, that he hurt
1: yeah he hurt himself
0: why are you putting diaz though in that game i like I don't know exactly who the Mets still had in their bullpen at that time. I know they went to Familia to close it, but they went into the inning at 8-4, right? It wasn't 8-5, so it wasn't yeah. even a safe situation at the beginning of the inning. Why are you going to Diaz right away? If he he pitched the day before, too, right? He pitched that Saturday or something? Yeah, so why, why, I don't know. Were the Mets yeah. off on Monday?
1: They pitched on Saturday, yeah. I don't hate it. They were not, actually.
0: So, you know, that, that if they were off Monday, I get, all right, you pitch them back-to-back. At least he has them, no matter what, off day, but... I don't know. I don't really necessarily love that move, but
1: that's just me. Yeah, I didn't hate it at first, but then once he came out and got hurt, I was like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me!" I mean, obviously, you know that all happened to him. But I mean, at, after the game, I felt a little better. Like not better, but knowing that he said he got hurt mid game, so like at least like he wasn't going in. They knew like, oh, there was like something wrong with him. But yeah, it was a questionable d- decision by Rojas to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but.
0: Another thing I wanted to say about the Hoskins thing too, uh, before we get onto our next thing, Hoskins like was would up for the ESPN game, and of course, I mean they're not allowed to put it on air, but it would have been great to hear like Hoskins like his reaction. I mean, you kind of saw him mouthing it, but like, you know what I mean? It's a whole different story if you see him it's like actually hearing it. I think that would have been pretty hilarious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he was mad about that. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't obvious. Like, it was hard to see, but. It was not Dude, a. Hard that's night. gotta be
0: heart – That has to be heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, but you don't have to like like flip out like a little baby. I'm not gonna lie. That series made me hate Reese Hoskins. Like honestly, I <laughs> I hate the Phillies, man. Alvarado and Hoskins are not on the top of my list right now.
0: Hos- Hoskins was Hoskins had a what he like drop. He like dropped the fly ball in that game too, right? And then he had the uh like that bonehead play with uh where v- VR scored. I saw that too.
1: Yeah, no, he had a bad game. Good. And he was mic'd up for it, and, too, so that was fun.
0: And, and then he thought he redeemed himself, and then the umpires yeah. make the right call, and he was clearly just not happy about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: Listen, I was I was the Mets and Phillies, and again, Sunday night baseball. I don't know what's happened this year. It just seems like, I feel like, aside from that game, I think it was the Cubs versus the Braves, but I mean, even you could argue that was a pretty fun game to watch because the Braves put up, like, 13, 14 runs. It's been pretty exciting Sunday night baseball. I hope they keep it up. I'm not a hundred percent sure who's on Sunday night baseball this week. on the time I had, I can't, I don't even think I looked at it yet, but I'm sure I'll be tuning in because it really has a disappointing mother's day too. So you know what mm. I mean? You have the, uh, you have the pink bats out, but moving on to, I think another big storyline of this past week, especially me personally, the Houston Astros were in New York for the first time since the whole cheating scandal. Uh, Obviously, I have pretty strong feelings about that. I, was, I went to the game on Tuesday night. It was absolutely electric. Uh, I thought it was probably the craziest crowd I've ever been to It tops of playoff games I went to. And the, first, the Yankees end up winning two out of three games in this series. They lost today. Uh, Jose Altuve did get his revenge in the eighth inning, I believe. Yeah, eighth inning. I mean, that's just baseball, though. Like, I had like all, all series, Jose Altuve can't get up to bat and just like and hit because he is getting absolutely heckled another guy like he's just not one of those guys that like can get booed too like some people feed off it jose altuve kind of like puts him down i don't like you know what i mean like he just doesn't like he doesn't like it but let me tell you something people say how can you not be romantic about baseball i mean like i like that that's i know it's like a bad like like he, he deserves it but i mean come on man like Then him going yard to basically like to put him ahead today and win this game. I mean that's like as much as I don't want to say, man, you gotta sometimes like tip your cap because I mean that's it's it's a good ball player for even for what he's did, good ball player and it's a big time play from him.
1: Yeah, no, I thought it was pretty cool what the Yankees fans did, even though I obviously don't like the Yankees, but seeing that happen, I mean the Astros deserve all the all the shit they did so. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, more of it's for the fans. Like, I've seen that happen, like, the Islanders and Tavares. Like, more of that's for the fans. The players don't really care. I mean, obviously, you're getting heckled. You're going to hear it. It affected El and Other players, probably not as much. But I thought it was was good for baseball. Definitely good for baseball to see that happen to the Astros.
0: Mm -hmm. Dusty And poor Dusty Baker is just, like, trying to defend it. He's just like... I don't get why everybody has to boo him like it's it was like four you know what I mean there's only five mm-hmm. which, there's only five players from that roster were even on the team but like it's Altuve, Correa, Guriel, and Bregman like those are four of the main like the, the main guys of that team you know what I mean aside from yeah. Springer yeah and like even Springer doesn't give off like that vibe if you ask me that he's like arrogant like oh my God Carlos Correa is probably my most like I dislike I him, him the most in baseball you know like he just he absolutely bothers me the way he comes off he's so cocky be a free agent this year I wonder where he ends up signing Bregman too a little bit Bregman Bregman is a pretty good ball player I I respect him for his his play at least Uh, he made a hell of a play today to Rob Stanton but yeah I was pretty happy like I said I still like kind of lost my voice a little bit I'm still still recovering from it a little bit but from a fan's perspective it was great Yankee fans yeah always have this like notion around them that they're pretty uh and they're, they're kind of scumbags. They kind of are, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. then when you give when you give a fan base like that a reason to hate somebody, like hate a team like this because of what they did, I think that definitely uh, it was definitely a recipe for a good night in the Bronx. I know they won that game seven three on the first night. But uh, yeah, I know John Carlos Stanton too, Gleyber Torres and Judge all had like a bunch of quotes. I thought Stanton's quote was pretty funny. Stanton was saying something that like. If he knew what was coming in like 2017, he would have hit 80 home runs, which <laughs> who knows, man, because the pace that Stan, Stan doesn't even need to know what's coming because Stanton is on an absolute tear right now, man. This guy's like, it's just also New York sports. Like when guys are, it's the biggest market in the world. So when guys are hot, like they're at the top, you know what I mean? But then when guys are cold, it's just like they're ruthless on the guys. And Stan, Fortunately for him, he's hitting like over 500 in this 12-game hitting streak that he's on. He's up to 312, which at one point, uh, the game that I went to against the Braves, I remember looking up at the scoreboard and Stanton was hitting like 150 that night, and that was two weeks ago. So he has completely turned his season around. Nine home runs, 23 RBIs. He started to get real hot last year in the postseason, and it's kind of he's kind of taken off with it. And I think I don't think it's crazy to say that Stanton's the best like the best hitter on the Yankees. I really don't. I know now they moved him into their two spot, too, over the past, like, two weeks. And it seems like Aaron Boone is always, like, their best hitter, like, his best hitter at number two for such a long time. It was Judge, but Judge is kind of struggling a little bit. He got hot this past weekend, cooled off this. He had a tough series against the Astros. But, yes, yeah, Stanton right now is on fire and definitely a guy who um I would not want to pitch to. Three home runs, the home run in the past three games.
1: Yeah, no, it's a bad time that uh, Stanton doesn't get booted in Yankee stadium. I mean to me it's probably the first time he's having like a really, really good stretch at the Yankees, which is good to see. I mean, I'm not gonna pray on his downfall. Didn't do anything bad to me. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it's good to see one guy hasn't paid a lot of money, um, produced for their team. Yeah, listen. Stanton hey,
0: like we, this is a two week stretch over what Stanton probably has eight years yeah. left on his deal, but uh it, it could be worse. I probably could have ten more. It could have ten and some ten and change left on his deal. Talk, talk, yeah. talk about talk about your new shortstop so far and how his first month has been in the Big Apple.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I knew Lindor wasn't going go out to the greatest start. I mean, just because of being a Mets fan, you can never be satisfied, never be happy with them. But uh, yeah, Lindor is really struggling at the plate right now. Um, but the good thing for me is that you know, obviously, it's just a month of the season, it's early. I'm not worried. But uh he's playing well in the field too, which is huge because the Mets have not had a good fielding shortstop since Jose Reyes. So yeah, it's a tough look right now for his contract, but I think he'll he'll pick it up soon, hopefully. And if he doesn't, then uh, just another another fork in the road for Mets fans.
0: <laughs> then you guys could have the sixty million dollar middle infield with Robbie Cano at second and Francisco Lindor at shortstop. That is higher than probably six teams whole payroll and they're hitting, they're combining to hit uh under like 250 if Lindor no, keeps us up and, and obviously <laughs> and
1: can can't go, go. What, what's can't steroids. thank god he did hmm. That's Corrupt, can, no man that is a
0: mess and like it just seems too like obviously we'll get to Albert Pujols too soon but with like Pujols like, Miguel Cabrera, too, is so tough right now for the Tigers. And I think he still has, like, two more years left on his deal. Like, that Cano deal, like, the trade that Seattle made low-key just looks be- – it looks better and better every single day. And, like, the Mets – from the Mets' point, I'm not going to knock it because the Mets – you know what I mean? They they tried to make a trade. They swung and missed. Like, it, at, at, at least it seems like that. They swung and missed. At least Diaz has kind of rebounded a little bit. Who knows? It's great entrance
1: a- song. Great entrance song. That's all we it's got.
0: Great entrance song. But it's, it's not a like, it's not a perfect world. Like, we don't know that Kelnick's going to come up and be the next Mike Trout. You know what I mean? You can predict try mm. to project the guy and how good he's going to be. But it's only until he gets to the show, he gets a little confident. You know what I mean? Then you really see how he's hitting. But, yeah, Lindor definitely been tough. I think he's only hitting, like, 160 or something like that. The one thing that did, that, that did scare me, excuse me, about the Mets paying Lindor before, like, the season is that he's always played in Cleveland, which is always a smaller market. And not just that. It means that he's been playing predominantly like in the AL Central. So a lot of those games are against AL Central pitching, which really for his career has not been good at all. Like I think you could argue that the AL Central is probably the worst pitching division in baseball. right? I mean, the, he got to the Indians in what, 2015 he was there? 20 Yeah, 2015. So yeah. it was 2016. So the Royals were kind of on there like obviously 2015, they won the World Series, but like 2016 and down, they were on the decline. Uh, the Tigers at that point were done basically the twins have not really notoriously been strong for pitching and the white Sox were rebuilding now in the past really two years, they've been good. So you know what I mean? And last year too, he didn't, he didn't have great numbers against just playing against the, the AL central, which kind of did worry me a little bit. And also you just never know about the New York effect. Listen, some people just can't play in New York, like Sonny gray. I'll never like the Yankees traded for him. Thank God. It doesn't seem like it's hurt them that much because Mateo hasn't really panned out. Caprillian I think he's still in the minors and Dustin Fowler also hasn't really panned out. I mean, Sonny Gray was brutal in New York. And the Yankees at that point, if if Sonny Gray pitched like Oakland Sonny Gray in 2017 down the stretch, I mean, who knows? The The Yankees fell one game short of the World Series going to the World Series that year. And their big number one pitcher at the trade deadline flopped like miserably. So who knows? And then he goes to Cincinnati and he's pitching perfectly fine. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the New York effect. The market some for some people is a bit too big. I'm hoping it's not for Lindor. Also because of how marketable Lindor is, how likable of a guy, how exciting he is when he's on. But yeah, definitely a lot of money. I just think it's interesting too. him. It's a big financial commitment right before you got guys like story. Seager, uh Baez is a free agent and Carlos Cray you know what I mean if you have Lindor with those guys those five guys hitting the market I just don't think I think that if the Mets waited to pay him even if he had another all-star season I don't know I still think that like come the offseason he's still not getting like the money that he would have gotten like the 340 million that he got from signing before
1: the year yeah I mean honestly the Mets wanted to get out get a star they wanted to get rid of the whole Wilpon culture. They wanted to spend money. They wanted to spend it stupidly, like as uh, Steve Cohen said. So, I mean, they traded for him. They had to pay him. Um, and it's a tough look right now, but I think I think he'll be fine. Not too worried about that. I'm just glad he's on my team, honestly. Good to see him in the Mets uniform.
0: Yeah, we're, we're talking about this. It's May, 7th, May 6th. It's going to be May 7th tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it, It'll come. You know what I mean? It, it'll heat up a little bit. He'll heat up a little bit. I wouldn't be too worried about him if I was a Mets fan. You could pencil him in hitting second in your lineup and he'll be perfectly fine for years to come. Or at least the hope is that. You know what I mean? But a guy who <laughs> won't, fortunately won't be getting penciled into many lineups coming up is Albert Pujols. He gets released today by the Los Angeles Angels and... I don't know. I hope he latches onto somewhere because if this is it for Albert, it's going to be tough. Albert Poole is one of my all-time favorite baseball players. Uh really like I'd say like I started like when when he was on the Cardinals, I saw like the tail. Started watching baseball when he was like more towards the tail end of his Cardinals like last couple years on the Cardinals. But yeah, man. It's kind of unfortunate to see how his like, career has like played out with an- with uh in Anaheim, but yeah, man. Albert Poole's honestly one of the best baseball players I think I've ever seen when he was like that that I remember like I don't remember exactly which game it was in the playoffs. I think it was game four, or game five against Texas when he hit three home runs in that game. Just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, no, back in the day, man, this guy was so good. I remember it was a game in, like, 2006, and it was, like, Pujols had, like, two home runs. Like, every time this guy got up, I was, like I remember I was little, but my dad was like, oh, walk him," and this guy would hit a nuke. This guy, when we were little, he was, like, one of the best hitters in the league, no doubt. And it's kind of tough, man like once he went to um the Angels, his career just fell apart. He just could not be the same pools as he was in St Louis like
0: no, he couldn't i have it right here like I saw something on uh Fox that they posted today. Pools with St Louis was a three twenty eight hitter with a four twenty on base percentage in like about seventeen hundred games in uh los angeles two fifty six average and a 311 on base percentage i mean that's just a tale of two players man the first, the guy i'm the, the uh the guy in st louis i mean was I, I, no doubt first bout hall of fame he still is a first bout hall of famer yeah. and it's crazy to think about his career numbers like he's down to 298 which if you would have told me that pool holds when he signed with the angels wouldn't retire a three a career 300 hitter a career 300 hitter excuse me i thought that'd be insane to say because he was just unbelievable. He, he had, immense power to obviously he's hit over 650 career home runs but yeah over 3200 career hits and he hasn't made an he's made one all-star game over the past 10 years so it's crazy to even look at his career numbers and that's just like another testament to how good he was in st louis the guy is going to be a first ballot hall of famer and he made one all-star game in the last 10 seasons like that that is a, that is absurd
1: yeah i mean i have a question pat what do you think um if Wools doesn't leave St. Louis, does he have a better career? Better end of his career, I would say, in the last ten years.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that like maybe the change wasn't like great for him. You know what I mean? Some people maybe he, he was just more comfortable. Maybe he tried doing a different thing in Los Angeles. I know his health too didn't help. He was definitely injured. Uh I know he got injured in like two thousand that two thousand like tw- like the last year in St. Louis. But he came back from that. But he also – he's, like, injured a little bit in, like, the mid 2010s, like, 10s, like, 2015, 16, stuff like that. But, yeah, no doubt. I think if he stays in St. Louis with Yadier and Molina, uh, I think, yeah, just I think maybe things in, like, Los Angeles maybe started to struggle. And let's be real. For the, that's the first time ever in his career probably playing baseball. Like, at any level, he started to struggle. You know what I mean? So then he starts yeah. changing some things up at the plate, and then necessarily it doesn't work. And then he's starting to press here and start, press there. And then he gets and he's getting up there in age. You know what I mean? So that also doesn't help like that. But I mean, that guy, one of the best right handed hitters, I think you could arguably say in MLB history and his his stretch with St. Louis. Like, I hope people don't look at Albert Pools and just be like, like, you just got to recognize, like, how special he is, because I mean, unbelievable. It's crazy to say that Albert Pools is only a 10 time all star again, because he made nine of them with St. Louis in his first 10 years, but won three MVP, MVP awards in St. Louis. A two-time World Series champion, and uh, yeah, ten years, two hundred forty million dollars he signed with with the Angels. I mean, it's crazy to say that's not even one of the worst contracts that the Angels have signed during that <laughs> span. Because I mean, they they've had some brutal spendings, spending sprees. I mean, you can knock them all you want for um, like trying not getting Mike Trout adequate adequate help, but I mean, Mike Trout wasn't there. Mike Trout was like a prospect still when Pools was there, but then. They tried to sign Josh Hamilton. They gave him like five years, $125 million, I think. He was a flop on, again, when Josh Hamilton was in Texas. I mean, how, how electric was watching Josh Hamilton. I mean, he was ultra talented. He had a lot of off-the-field issues. And then he finally gets to Texas, starts raking in Texas. And then he goes to Los Angeles. And again, he just couldn't find it. C.J. Wilson was another guy who they signed, actually, from the Rangers, too. And he just couldn't find it, too, for the Angels. I mean, they've signed... Justin Upton too, who now that that also looks like a brutal contract. Justin Upton, mm-hmm. I, and I was like looking at that too. The way it's like backloaded, like Justin Upton, like it was like five years, a hundred and and six million. He's making like twenty six million this year and twenty eight million next year, or twenty four million this year, twenty six million this year. Like Justin Upton's just not it. You know what I mean? Like I don't even think he starts for them this year. I honestly don't know. Maybe no, plays in left no, field. No yeah so Uh, that that
1: is tough that is tough man you know what i mean but i think the more you yeah you you think about it the more you think about it like the angels have not like say they've done a lot for trout just like they've signed some big name free agents obviously like you just said they they went and signed up up a few years ago they signed um otani they signed rendon like they've Mm -hmm. signed like they've gotten outside help for trout it's just that it could be like their just development of like their prospects is not good, man. Like since Trout's been called up, I don't know. They've I like like I thought about that for the past minute. Like wait, like they put a lot of money on the table to have a good team around Trout, and it just hasn't clicked.
0: No, it hasn't. Yeah, I think I think it, the issue isn't really necessarily that maybe maybe their owner is a little reckless with spending his money. I think it's Artie Marino's the owner there. Maybe he's the OGM. No, no. Yeah, he's the owner there.
1: Uh, yeah, he's Hepburn's the,
0: the OGM, the guy from the Yankees. Yeah. He got fired now. But uh, yeah, like maybe like he, maybe he's a little reckless and he wants to go star chasing. But um, yeah, I mean they, ha- I think it's the player de- It has to be the player development system. Meanwhile, you look at teams like even right in their division, like Oakland. It seems like has a tremendous player development system, and they can get the most out of their guys. Houston too. I mean, look at the turnaround Houston's had while wow, Trout's been there. Houston was a dumpster fire. Um early in Trout's career and now look at where they are and look at what what they've accomplished. I know maybe maybe not the best example for their cheating things, but they'll raise another team. And then you just look at a team like the Astros and it's like they have the money, but they just they just whiff on stuff. Well they've had like Dan Harron has been there, was there with Trout. What they made they made like that one all that one playoff appearance in I think it was 2014.
1: It was yeah. It was fourteen, and, I think thirteen too. They made two playoff appearances then. I think, uh, I think yeah, was, yeah. It
0: was like it was a, not enough. Listen, not enough, and they, they yeah, had one no. playoff game. I don't. I think they got swept one no. time. They made it. No. But uh, who they had, like, they had a Jared Weaver too. Then like they never could figure out a closer. They had like Ernesto Fieri, I remember was there for a little bit. Had uh-huh. Houston Street Cody too. Allen. Houston Street, Cody Allen, like the Cody yeah. Allen. Was brutal when he was there, too. He was so good on the Indians early in the war yeah. earlier, but, yeah. Kind of Hansa Robles? The <laughs> <world>. <laughs> I don't know why you, you would trust Hansa Robles, but hopefully Anthony Rendon and Shohei Ohtani, these signings, pan out. I don't get how Otani signing can can miss, you know what I mean? The guy's unbelievable, but yeah. hopefully he stays healthy, and listen, at least their player development system at least seems like it's getting a little better. David Fletcher's came through recently and looks like he's going to be a guy there for the next couple of years that can be a real effective hitter at the top of their order, their order and obviously how versatile he is on the defensive side of the ball. But then you got Jared Walsh too, who's probably the main reason why you could say Poole's is getting pushed out because Walsh now yeah. is your everyday first baseman and you have O'Kani dh in certain days. But uh, Joe Adele hopefully can develop into something. I know he didn't have the best stretch necessarily Last season when he got called into action, but hopefully the Angels can figure out. All I know is that the Angels had a good start and they've kind of plateaued, and it's just yeah. it's just a shame because Mike Trout's hitting like 400 with a five with over a 500 on base percentage. It's, it, it every single year he tries to one up himself, and it seems like the Angels just around him just they can't do it, man. It's, it it sucks. It honestly sucks.
1: It does. It it makes you like wonder that down the line is Trout gonna get traded, just because the Angels want to move along with him like obviously like they don't care about his contract he's worth every penny doesn't matter i think if they just want to have a reset which realistically they not saying they should but it may happen if they can't find success soon man i don't know i can see him leaving not like soon like within like seven five seven years maybe yeah i don't know yeah think about that
0: if they keep at this for yeah the next four years i'd say like I'd honestly say, like, like, the playoffs this year, and then the next two years following that, man. At the, at some point, it's like, well, are you gonna ever win with the guy? And it's not his fault, but I'm just saying that, like, no. from their friends, they have to they'd have to look in the mirror and be like this. Like, when it comes time to pay Otani, because Otani's really not getting paid that like at all because he's still on like that young like international contract. Once Otani's big payday comes, it's like, all right, we could pay Otani, but now it's like we're paying. Over, because if Otani says oh, he's going to command so much money we're paying 60 plus million dollars between Trout and Otani and it's like we don't even make the playoffs is this even worth it like yeah. from a business decision yeah probably it is but at the same time is your goal to, like is your goal to make money or is your goal to win championships and that's where you know I mean we, we don't decide that that's all Artie Moreno
1: yeah no, let's see if they can develop a few pitchers within the next year or two that's that's my uh, thing. I'm looking out for If the Angels. Maybe like sign someone in the offseason, too, like because they they've always signed guys. I feel like was it this year or last year they signed like Julio Teheran. Like, they signed some like back end of the rotation guys. Like, they don't do enough for their oh, no, last year. Yeah. They don't do enough for the rotation. Like I feel like if they have one like big sign, like if they sign Cole, like I feel like it'd be such a different year for them, like two years for them. Excuse me. So I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll see what the Angels do in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, their
0: their best starting pitcher right now is Dylan Bundy, and they lucked out with him. But for every yeah. Dylan Bundy they signed, they've signed, they signed, they've tried to rec- reclame like Trevor Cahill they had back in the day. Matt Harvey they wow. signed a couple years ago. Jose Quintana, Alex Cobb, you know what I mean? Like these guys just haven't been like great for them. I know Quintana and Cobb, it's still early for them to decide. But enough with that, enough with the Angels. They've been a mess. Uh Hats off to Albert Pujols. If Albert Pujols announces that he's going to retire, I'm sure we'll talk about him a little more again. But yeah, that's a guy who first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. His career accolades are unbelievable, and like I said, I think you could argue his stretch with the St. Louis Cardinals is one of the best 10-year stretches like anybody. Honestly, like you could you could put that against a lot of other players in MLB history. That te- that 10-year run and it stands out. It definitely does. But um, do you know if Pujols 2 played a little bit of third base the other day? Like he came when Rondon yeah, got, hit, he came into third base. Yeah. I had I had no idea. I saw that. T- I found that out today after he got released. I was like, that's also crazy. But um, that was just a side note. But uh, before we wrap it up, I want to just talk about a couple other things going on around the league. Uh, kind of more just like for fun almost. Brox, you see uh, what's the guy's name? I think it's which Yanoha is it that's on the Braves?
1: Hector Hun- Ga- Hun- G. Hanosker, G- Hun- H- H- no like Hanosker. It's a oh, weird yeah. name. It like starts, starts in H. Yeah.
0: Well, he's got a weird name, but he's got a great pimp job. Do you see the grand slam this guy hit?
1: Yeah, that dude has two home runs. Back-to-back starts. The guy's hitting nukes. That's ridiculous. Like, it, it's
0: unbelievable. Like, like, the Braves need another bat. The Braves need another yeah, bat. Yeah, I mean,
1: they, they could use a bat right now. They're The Braves are a big surprise so far, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the whole NL East, man. Aren't, like, the Mets and first in the
1: NL East with, like, a five, sub-500 record? The Mets are they're a game out. They're they're at 500. The Phillies are two games above 500, and their the Mets are a game out.
0: Oh, so Phil Phil's the buddy. but yeah, I mean that's kind of like
1: guess.
0: at least we're, we're talking about may, may, might be the best division in baseball, and yeah, the teams are mediocre. Obviously, still early, but for the Braves too, Darno's out, man. Darno's on the 60-day deal. He's out for
1: the one. year, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean that is tough, man. That is a huge blow because of how good he is offensively, and especially Darno. Another guy was like was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I know he signed like a two-year, $60 million deal with the Braves, and that was an absolute steal. He's been great for them. But, I mean, kind of a sour note because, I mean, for the first time in really his career, it seemed like he was going to get a decent-sized payday, and now it's like another injury. So it's really he only has like 70 games of production with the Braves that like, yeah, like he's hitting well, but you know what I mean? A team might be hesitant now to fork up
1: some big-time money for him. Yeah, story of his career, man. That's a shame. He, the guy's talent, just it's all been about injuries, man. When he was on the Mets, they knew before he even got called up that the guy was had a injury issues, and then he came up to the Mets and he was never so healthy. So if the guy can say healthy, I don't know what he could have done, but it's the story of his career.
0: That's the case, man. and That crazy heist of a trade for R.A. Dickey, man. Oh, man. Nah, that's unbelievable. The fact, I mean, you kind of look at like how, like, The Mets had that like crazy like run in 2015, but it's like when you when you were like when you make a trade like that, it's like you kind of deserve it, you know what I mean? You flip. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. For Syndergaard and Darnold, and then two years later, it was like two years later, right? Two seasons later. Yeah. So not surprised. But one last guy I want to talk about, a guy who personally I've come to really love in baseball and watching him pitch. I mean, he pitched last Sunday on Sunday Night Baseball. This guy's two seam is absolutely disgusting we've said this so many times that the fact that this guy is a number five starter on the los angeles dodgers is just goes to show you how talented that roster is because his stuff is as good as honestly i think you could like you could argue his stuff is almost as good like raw stuff as good as anybody in the game dustin may towards uh ucl gonna be out for the year uh definitely said, especially because of how hard he throws you know when those guys start throwing 99 100 miles an hour especially those starters that there's always that always a higher risk of Tommy John injuries and yeah that's a guy who I hope he really comes back from uh, an injury hope he comes back from strong because it's a shame to not see a young exciting pitcher like that in the
1: game yeah no it stinks but if you're the Dodgers they're how they're going to play some oh they'll just take they'll just take David Price out of the bullpen put him in the the fifth slot so the Dodgers are equipped for this man they they have some crazy depth
0: yeah the, the third place Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's they're struggling they're struggling yeah they're struggling up to uh, two games above 500 real struggle for them <laughs> that's not, that's listen that that's the standard there though I mean Trevor Bowers pitched really well for them I know just talking about the rotation but yeah I mean they're gonna yeah they get to pull their long reliever David Price now becomes the starter and if God forbid David Price struggles when Tony Gonsolin comes back from injury. He'll slot into – He could. David Price can go back to his long reliever role. Like It's unbelievable. We've talked about that, kind of beating a dead horse with that. But, yeah, a couple injuries. Never never like to see that. But uh, I'm excited for what these next weeks of May have to bring us. You know what I mean? Because April, obviously, it's kind of the guys are like getting back into the swing of things. But now come May and June, you know what I mean? We start really getting into this season. It starts really heating up. We kind of can start – formulating our ideas on which teams are really like, you know what I mean? That that are real contenders because I mean, we could sit here right now and see Boston in first in the AL East and Kansas city was playing so good at one time. They're still playing decent, but they're not in first place anymore. You know what I mean? But now when we start seeing them play in in June and and at the end of May in June, we start to really formulate what these teams could potentially be and come October, if they're even uh, like able to get there, you know what I mean? The dog days of summer, they get to you.
1: Yeah, no, my cutoff date, not cutoff date. I would say my date that I started really thinking about like which teams are legit is probably like Memorial Day. So we'll see, man. We're close. Month in, ready.
0: Yeah, I was, I was gonna say June first for me. I was like, that's when it's like, all right, like this team, this team's for real. Like that's two months in, but uh, and listen, we finally got something like the All Star Game and the Home Run Derby to look forward to. That's something that kind of stinks. That's like something to like. I feel like it's going to be so weird. Like, when you look back at some of the people's, like, Wikipedia pages, like, you're going to look at Mike Chat's thing. It's going to be like, people are going to be, like, in 15 years, like, wait, why didn't Mike Chow make the 2020 All-Star Game? Then it's like, oh, because there was none. Kind of sucks. But uh, yeah. obviously, like, in our hearts, we, we know that there was, like, he's still a consecutive All-Star. But, yeah, I'm pretty excited, too, to see the All-Star Game and see how that process goes down. But that is a long way in the future. But uh, for now, that's going to be it. Brox. anything else you want to leave off with?
1: I just hope Lindor doesn't go over 27 the next week. This next week, yeah.
0: Listen, what do you got a single in the ninth inning today, right? To break yeah, in? he got a
1: hit today. He did get a hit today, so he's on a hitting streak. So no more slander. No more Lindor slander. He's back.
0: Listen, I hope I hope if Lindor gets hot, as long as it doesn't cool down Giancarlo Stanton, I'm all right <laughs> with him, man. Hopefully Stanton keeps hitting. I think the Yankees got, honestly, I don't even know who the Yankees have tomorrow. Now I can't even think of it. I think they're playing somebody in the division, but, uh, it's going to do, oh, they're playing the, uh, they're playing the nationals actually. So we'll help, we'll help you out. Oh yeah, please. Please. But, and then they go play a division. They got like the Rays after it and Baltimore, but it's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore. And we're going to start, well, we start getting some more stuff, baseball related stuff on our, uh, on our website. I know for sure. I'm going to try to, as school winds up, winds down, excuse me. We're going to try to get some more baseball articles up there. And uh, for you guys to read. So, yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.